Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Williams Family Podcast. My name is Molly Williams, and I will be hosting alongside my husband, Trent Williams. He'll be popping in and out here and there, but I am just so excited that we are finally getting this started. Trent and I have been wanting an outlet to sort of um, push our ministry, our family ministry forward. So we are so excited that you're here to join us. And even more so, we are so excited for what God has in store for us for this podcast, for um, our speaking ministry together. So thank you so much again for tuning in. What I want to talk a little bit about today and over the next few podcasts is the topic of women in the church. Now, I know that seems scary. It seems like there's a lot of opinions left and right. Are women speaking in the church? Do they only have um, place in singing? And I kind of want to unpack that a little bit and look at what God has for women in our church. I really, truly believe that right now is a Kairos moment for women to step forth and to step up in the church and everything that God has for us. And I know that sounds a little repetitive. If you've ever gone to a men's conference, there's huge rallies that say, it's our time and we have to stand up. And, you know, it's just, it feels like a big pep rally for women. But I really, truly feel like the Lord has been speaking to me about women stepping into their place in the church so that we can present a mature bride for Christ when he returns. So like I said, I felt very pressed that the Lord has been speaking to me. And a couple of weeks ago, a few actually months ago now, I um, I had this vision on my way home from work. I'm a teacher and I teach reading intervention to kids who have trouble reading. But um, I had this vision on my way home from work and I was listening to a song by the Helsers. It was called Beautiful Surrender. And I just out of nowhere on this desert road, I just have this vision of Eve getting up and getting herself back up. And then after she's up and it was so glorious and beautiful after she's up and she's standing, then she throws herself backwards, almost as if to throw herself back into the trust of Jesus. So I really feel impressed that right now is a time for us, for women especially, and for men to empower women as well, to take their place in the church and for women to really break the chains of whatever has been holding them, whatever has been holding them back, holding them down, and for women to step in the identity that God is really has for us. So so first, I'd like to bring up some scripture, obviously, um, Genesis 2, 18 through 25. And I would like to propose to you that the first problem that the earth faced wasn't when Eve ate the fruit. I would like to say that the first problem was that it wasn't good for man to be alone. And in the in that scripture, the Bible talks about how right before God says it's not good for man to be alone. He brings all the animals to Adam. So he brings all the animals to Adam. Adam identifies each one. And God is almost bringing all the creation to him and saying, look, I feel I feel like he's saying this. This is this is Molly's version. But I feel like he's saying there's no helper. There's no helper that's comparable to anything of the animals of the earth. I feel like God is saying, look. Adam, see it with your own eyes. There's no one here that could be a helper, that could be a companion to you. And so 
Um, after that realization happens, God causes a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he takes a part of Adam's side, his rib, his side. He took a part of his side, not his foot, not uh, his foot so that women can trample on him and not a bone from his head so that women can be above them or even not. I found it interesting, not even a bone of his hand, even though it says in the Bible that God was going to provide a helper for Adam. So not even his hand to be of help, but a bone from his side, the rib. And after doing some research, I realized that the only regenerative bone in the body is the rib. And so I think that's so prophetic when God takes the rib from Adam's side, a bone that regenerates. Think about pregnancy. Think about giving new life. And he makes woman. So before this shows me that before the foundation of the world, when Adam was in mind, God wasn't surprised at all that the first problem that the world would face was going to be that that man shouldn't be alone. He was not surprised by this. Anyway, I see also that God wasn't scrambling to find an answer to this random pop problem that just popped up. Um, we know that God's nature is omnipresent and he's ever present in all times and at all times. And after reading Genesis to 18 through 25, I can really see that God loves us so much that he led Adam to the problem that he was alone. He led him there. He didn't throw it in his lap. He didn't slap him in the face with it. And he loves our dependency so much because he knows that only he can fulfill what we need. And I think God takes so much joy in knowing that we need something and he can give it to us. It makes, it makes him so joyful to know that he can give us what we need and make us so happy and joyful. And it's just a never ending cycle. So specifically in verses 20 and 21, if you have it open, um, I see that when Adam saw lack, God showed up in power and gave him an answer to his problem. He gave him a woman, a woman, a girl. And scripture goes on to talk about how God took the rib from Adam's side and we see his first declaration over women. The very first declaration over women, I think it's important to highlight, is not that Eve took a fruit or woman took a fruit and now the whole world is just in shambles because sin had entered the world because of something woman did. The first declaration over woman in the Bible, Adam says this, he says, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. We're equals. Do you get it yet? And that means, and that came straight out of the Bible. Adam saw a woman and he was so mesmerized with God that he with, with God and what God created, that he blurts out his knee-jerk reaction in a declaration over her. He says, you are bone of my bone and you are flesh of my flesh. So this shows me that women, uh, when we were created, we weren't created to, to take a submissive role, to be underneath anyone or to be over top of anyone. I, that thought is, I think, important to outline as well. So personally, I've screwed up so much in my life. Let's be honest. Have you ever been there? And I've had so many rookie mistakes all over the maps. And my decision making has been so skewed at times. And it seems like I cause a lot of the problems sometimes. And what I think is interesting is that a common view from the garden, and it's actually kind of funny too, is that if Adam wouldn't have listened to Eve, Sin wouldn't have entered in the world. We wouldn't be in such a, a mess. And so 
continues the schoolyard debate regarding boys versus girls. So first of all, let me just clarify and let me just say this is that Eve didn't even receive the name Eve until the fall. So let's go ahead and squash that comment. And also this biblical reference has unfortunately cast a shadow on women. What's more dim is that this shadow is cast on women in the church, let alone even joke about joked about. So this this reference just cast a shadow over every woman's blank canvas sometimes, even if we're not thinking about it. Um, we joke around about how well, woman's the one who took the fruit and woman let sin into the world, but it's automatically making our beautiful white canvas that God can paint on. We've just splashed a shade of gray on it. And now that's our starting point. And I think that's so unfair. Um, I want to highlight as well, Ezekiel 28, 12 through 15. I want to talk a little bit about Satan, a little bit about the enemy in regards to the relationship that Satan has with women. So before Satan was cast down from earth, Ezekiel in this passage speaks that about his beauty before God, about Satan was anointed. He was a seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Hello, does that sound like anybody that you know? Does that sound like how God created women to be? So Satan began to know this about himself. He identified more with himself than he did with God. And the Bible says that his heart was lifted up, meaning that Satan got really prideful regarding his job and appearance. And then he was cast outside of the Garden of Eden. Eden, sorry. So if we fast forward, God creates the world. Amazing. He creates the universe, the galaxies, the animals, and then he creates Adam. And then he seals his workmanship with the beauty of his creation, woman, all while Satan had a front row seat. Can you imagine how angry Satan would have been? Probably angry enough to vow to himself that he would stop woman and destroy her and her purpose at every cost, at every turn, at every intersection that they had. So let's talk about the fall. We know that the rest of the story, Eve is deceived, takes the fruit of the tree of life, and God speaks the curses over men and women, which I'm going to continue hopefully in these coming podcasts I'll continue to speak into, and then begins the grassroots of the entrance of sin into the world and the cause for redemptive history. Can I just suggest something to women today? that it's not our fault, that we're not the problem at all, that you're not the problem, that that if someone has been saying that you're the problem, if you're the issue, if you're the cause to the problem, can I just say that it's not your fault? It's not our fault that this whole thing seems messed up. God has a plan and his plan is perfect and his leadership is perfect. But I think that there's freedom in knowing that you're not the cause to this whole sin entering in the world problem. And I think that's a good place to start because women think that we are the problem now. We can continue to think that we're the problem, but let's go back to the beginning and let's squash that right where it's at before we declare that over our lives today. And I think that we weren't the problem. We were actually the first answer to the problem. We weren't the problem. We were the solution to the first real problem that had happened. So before we end, I want to talk about some statistics, some very unfortunate statistics that that have been cast over women over the years. And um, and I think that Satan does a great job and the enemy does a wonderful job of 
trying to ruin women in their path. Just listen to a couple of these. Um, so in the House of Representatives, there's it's made up of 19% women. About 60 million humans were aborted since 1974. That's happening to women's bodies. That's women saying that they don't need the baby. That's women saying that they were hurt so bad by someone who they didn't want to give them the baby that they decided to they decided to kill it and abort it. Women are paid about 80 cents to every dollar that men are made. And that translates to a median of about $10,000 per year. Maternity rights. Maternity rights for a job for occupations were legally given to women in 1978. 1978, that's 40 years ago. That's that's younger than my mother. I mean, sorry, mom, but like that's younger than her. That's younger than most women today. 71% of all human trafficking victims are women or girls. That's 71% of all of them. More men are addicted to drugs and alcohol, but women are more easily susceptible to cravings and relapse, which is the key to the addiction cycle. Do we need any more proof? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against rulers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. I'm not saying that women are to play the role of the victim. I'm saying that if we looked into the role of women through a kingdom perspective and we're being honest about who God created women to be and to accomplish, I think women are a really good target <laughs> to have if the job was to halt the church moving forward. So like I said, when I was driving home, I want to talk about that vision one more time. When I was driving home, I was listening to that song, Beautiful Surrender by the Helsers, and I was just taken back by this this vision of Eve getting up. I saw her represent women in the church as they rose again. And she got up on her own terms as she realized what God had created her to be. After she was fully standing and what God had called her to be, then she threw herself down again and surrendered to Jesus rather than being knocked down by any, any force of the enemy. Instead of being knocked down to fall forward, she confidently fell back into Jesus's leadership I think that it's time for women of the church to stand in response to what's happening in the present day. Now more than ever, I feel like women are given such a submissive role, even in the body of Christ, and we're made to rule and reign alongside Adam rather than to aid in Adam's successes. I am the first person that will step up to help, and I love helping other people achieve their goals and achieve their dreams. But I think that it's time that we stand up and women stand up in leadership as we as we continue to lead our children and continue to lead even even our communities and our spheres of influence. There's a voice in the women of the church that has been aging for centuries. And I truly feel like now is the time for us to open our mouths and give what God has created in us a voice. So let me pray for you. I just want to pray over all the women listening and over all the men listening. Um that we can just step into this reality and step into this this moment for for women and for our church. God, we love you so much. And um and we ask that you just we ask that you just break down walls and break down barriers and break off chains, God. I know that it's easy to declare chains broken. I know that it's easy to declare um to declare freedom, but God, right now, 
as we say that over lives, I ask that you show up. And I ask that you show up in these women's lives. I ask that you show up tangibly. I ask that you make your presence so known that they know that nothing can stop them if it's your will to happen. God, I ask that you will just rule over our lives. God, we call you the king of our hearts and we completely mean it. And we completely mean that you are a good leader and we say yes to that. We say yes to your leadership. And in saying yes to your leadership, we say no to the forces of the enemy. We say no to the voice of the accuser. We say no to the voice that says that we're not good enough, that we don't look good enough. We say no to the voice that says we can't do that because we're a woman. We say no to the voice that tells us to do things that are destructive in our lives. And we say no to to disrespect for ourselves and for everyone around us. We say no that um, we say no to even the voice that says that we should be getting things from men and men are under our feet. We say no to that voice and we say yes to you, Jesus, in whatever way that means, when whatever, whatever way that means. We say yes to you and we invite you now. We invite you into our lives that even from this point forward, this point now is a monument that we realize who we are, that we that you show us who you see us to be, who you see men and women alike, who you see all of us to be. And we say, yes, we're going to step forward. We're going to move forward. We're tired, but we're not stopping. We're going to continue forward because that is what you want from us. That's your leadership. That's how you lead us is we, we say yes and we run to you. And we chase after you with everything we are, despite all of our screw-ups, knowing that we're going to continue to mess up, but knowing that you have us regardless of everything, including the things we don't tell anybody about. Jesus, we love you so much. We say yes to your leadership. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast today. I'm so excited where God is taking us, men and women in the church. Stay tuned because I'm going to speak a little bit more into what it looks like for women to walk out their calling before Christ and how men and women alike can call are called to reign together in unity. So thank you for listening and we will catch you next time. Have a good day.